Welcome to the Scottish Sun's latest football podcast, looking ahead to the weekend games in the Premiership and the Championship with myself, Roger Hanna and Kenny MacDonald. And Kenny, it all kicks off on Friday night at Tannerice, Dundee United against Celtic, but Celtic were hoping it doesn't kick off off the pitch after some rather unseemly scenes at Stair Park at the weekend. Yeah, that was the, the, the kind of headlines that Celtic can certainly do without, and credit to them for responding to to what went on so quickly. I'm sure that Celtic will be just hoping that the game on the park goes as comfortably as it did at Stair Park. And I, I must say, given the United's current state, I suspect it probably will. It looks a shoo-in for Celtic, top of the league, going well. Lee Griffiths scoring goals again yep. against a United side. 11 points adrift at the foot of the table. Is there any way back for Mixu Patalainen's men? No, there isn't. We're in the middle of January. If you're 11 points behind the team who are above you in the league and you need to claw back those 11 points to get into a playoff, then you're dead and buried there. The Aston Villa of Scottish football, I'm afraid. Mick Supatalain is a perfectly decent guy. Clearly, it has been a decent coach at international level. Dundee United have some good players, but they just haven't performed and they will be relegated. In terms of Celtic, Ronnie Dyler tweaked his formation. He prefers this 4-2-3-1. He went with a couple of strikers, Lee Griffiths and Carlton Cole, they both scored mm. at Stranraer. Would that indicate to us he's maybe going to use the two of them at Tannadice? I, I don't think he will. I think that was just an experiment to see how it would go against lesser opposition. It clearly functioned pretty well, but I think he is obsessive about this 4-2-3-1 formation. And let's face it, it's got him to the top of the league, so I don't really see any reason for him to start changing it now. A guy who's been crucial in that 4-2-3-1, just playing behind the striker, has been Tom Rogic. Interest in him mm. from Leeds United this week. Celtic very quickly dismissed the inquiry and are keen to tie him down on a longer contract. Have you been impressed by him this season? I can't say I honestly have been. The fascination from other clubs and Tom Rogic has always puzzled me. And maybe I've just been unlucky in the, in the games I've seen him. He hasn't performed particularly well. But let's say I don't understand the fuss. Talking about fuss, there's been an awful lot of fuss around about Nadia Sifzi and his lack of form. Likewise, Stuart Armstrong and Gary Mackay, Stephen, haven't hit the heights of last season. Is a return to Tannadice on Friday night just what those three need to maybe lift them out of a malaise? I think three of them will hope to play and will enjoy it if they get the opportunity to play. I think you have to give them, cut them a bit of slack. I mean, Nadia Chifchi has had a lot of stick, but you have to give him time. He's moved up to a bigger club, he's still a relatively young man. And it's been difficult for him with Lee Griffiths playing so well, so... I think they, they possibly all deserve a little bit of slack, although I do take your point more about Armstrong and Mackay Stephen. It's a big night for Celtic because if they win, they can stretch further clear of Aberdeen, who don't play until Sunday lunchtime. Will the Dons fancy Dingwall? Because they've already lost there on a Friday night, a couple of Brian Graham goals earlier in the season. It's a kind of weekend that Ronnie Dyla might look at Kenny and say, this, this could be big for us. Oh, it, could, it definitely could be pivotal by Sunday night. Aberdeen could be six points behind Celtic, who would still have a game in hand over them. Aberdeen aren't going to be going there in the in the best of form. But if Celtic first and foremost have to take care of what to them looks like a shoe in at Tannadice. It's been a tough week for Aberdeen, as you say, out the Scottish Cup to Hearts on Saturday night at Tynecastle and then to compound their suffering. Liverpool recalled Danny Ward mm -hmm. on the Sunday. How big a setback is that to Derek McKenna? I think that's I think that is a big setback. Every time I've seen Aberdeen, and I saw a lot of them uh, in Europe at the start of the season. I was really impressed by Danny Ward. I remember the game they played in Kazakhstan, and he really kept them in the game for long spells and allowed them to come back with a 2-1 defeat. I think he's an excellent goalkeeper, and I can understand, given the way Bogdan has been playing for Liverpool, yeah. why Liverpool have recalled him. It's now up to Derek McInnes to try and find 
a decent replacement and I know he's been scouring the English leagues to try and find one but it's a big a big question mark now for Aberdeen He has been scouring the English market Adam Collin from Rotherham the latest name that he's been looking at would you have been tempted to bring Danny Rogers back from Falkirk given the way he's been playing this season? No, I think he's doing the right thing and possibly leaving him there because Falkirk are doing really well. I know he's Aberdeen's player, but I think, to be fair to Derek McInnes, he's conscious that Peter Houston would prefer to keep him there because he is still a young goalkeeper yeah. who's learning his trade. And I think it's the right decision to let him stay at Falkirk. In terms of Ross County, they got out of jail a little bit in that cup tie against Infermline. They could easily have lost at East End Park at the weekend and they were below par in the replay last night, Tuesday night, when they won 1-0, Rafael De Vita scoring the goal. Will they be a thorn in the flesh of Aberdeen again on Sunday, or are they out of sorts, do you think? I think, as you've said, they have been a, they have been a problem to Aberdeen in the past, in previous meetings, and I think they're a good side at home. I've seen them a couple of times at Dingwall, and, and I've been impressed by them. And I think it'll be a difficult game for Aberdeen, and one, and one that Aberdeen really probably would think they can't afford to lose. A decent squad Jim McIntyre's built there you can see that because Liam Boyce who's today gets the Premiership Player of the Month award his normal strike partner Craig Curran they're both out the side mm-hmm. but Brian Graham and Schalke have come in mm-hmm. they both scored at the weekend and it just shows that the way Jim McIntyre and Billy Dodds have built the squad and the way they've been backed by Roy McGregor to allow them to build that squad It's testimony to, uh, to Jim McIntyre because he's managed to keep guys like Schalke on side we all know that Continental players, if they come and are not playing, they can cause problems. It's caused problems in the past at Ross County. I think Schalke's a decent player. I've seen him a few times, mostly as a sub, but he's always livening things up when he's come on. He's now going to get a little bit of an opportunity. And again, he's a player that I think could cause problems to Aberdeen. Now, if Celtic are Friday night and Aberdeen are Sunday, no doubt the game of the day on Saturday in the Premiership is a game I think you're going to, Kenny. Hearts against Motherwell at Tynecastle two form teams head to head absolutely yep I'm looking forward to it I think it'll be a terrific game for that very reason Motherwell unbeaten in six Hearts we all know very difficult particularly at Tynecastle a big rugged physical team other managers have made plenty of that I don't expect Mark McGee to dwell on that but other managers have we all know it's a fantastic atmosphere in at Tynecastle when it's full probably as good as there is in the country there is also a bit of spice involved in that there is always historically been a bit of bad blood between Hearts and Motherwell so I think it'll be a terrific game and I'm really looking forward to it Mark McGee explain what he's done at Motherwell how has he turned it round how has he managed with with no new signing because there's not been a transfer window open what's he done Kenny? Mark McGee is a very positive personality and I think he is uh, with all due respect Ian Barraclough I don't think his personality won over a lot of the players whereas Mark is quite a spiky character quite funny in his own way keep what I think will keep things lively on the training ground has good ideas in the coaching sense he's got for instance Scott McDonald was being shuttled wide positions occasionally up front occasionally behind the striker under Ian Barraclough Mark McGee seems to have decided that he will play with him and Louis Moult as the first, first class pairing up front first choice pairing up front and it's reaping dividends we spoke about Aberdeen losing Danny Ward, recalled by his parent club. Motherwell have suffered something similar. Liam Grimshaw, recalled by Manchester United, sent out to Preston to play in the English Championship. He'd become a mainstay in the right of midfield for, for Mark McGee. Is that a setback for Motherwell? I think it is because he's one of these players that you think possibly Motherwell will only be aware of what a good job he was doing and what a good functional job he was doing when he's not actually there. However, against that, in that position, Motherwell can bring in Lionel Ainsworth. 
although he's only been used sparingly as a sub. But I know Mark McGee is itching to get young Dom Thomas some game time. The feeling is that he's maybe still a bit lightweight to play from the start every week. But I know Mark would like to see him in action a bit more. Whether or not it will happen on Saturday, I don't know. But you certainly can expect to see a bit more of him in the coming weeks. He mentioned a quality youngster, Dom Thomas Kilmarnock had six of their quality youngsters in the starting yeah. lineup for the team that won in the Cup at St Johnson at the weekend. Six academy graduates from Rugby Park all starting in the 11. They're at home to Cali Thistle in the league this weekend. They're still second bottom of the table. Is it a risk for Gary Logg to continue with these kids or does he just chuck them in because they did so well at Perth? I think Gary Locke's way of thinking now is that, well, I've tried going down the experience route and it's got us down towards the bottom of the league. Why not give the kids a chance? Sometimes you get that. You get a bounce when you put in a bunch of kids together. It clearly worked last week in the Cup when they surprised a lot of people, I think, with a result at McDermott Park. They've got another tough ask against an experienced, a streetwise Inverness team this weekend. But I would expect them to stick with the whole team after that result last week. You, you see you know, the likes of Hamilton, and we'll, we'll touch on them later on in the podcast, out of sorts. Will Kelly be targeting them? I mean, Kelly, they look clear of Dundee United just now. Does Gary Locke, does he just look above them at the minute and see see who's the next team they can pull in? I think so. I think he, he has to think that way. Dundee United's form this season has been so abject that it's given the rest of the clubs a little bit of breathing space above them. Kilmarnock will be truly thankful for that. But no, I think I think Gary Locke is quite right. And to be fair to Kilmarnock, there were lots of calls two or three months ago that Gary Locke should be sacked. There were even reports one evening, I remember, that he was going to be sacked that particular night. But the club have stuck with him, and fair play to them, because it looks as though they're maybe just beginning to come out of their, come out of their dark tunnel. Kelly Thistle this season, you saw the team they played against Stirling in, in the Cup last week. Only three survivors from the starting 11 in, in, in the Cup final last year. There's been a turnover of personnel. They looked as if they turned a corner seven points from nine over the festive season. And then the struggle and hang on for a goalless draw at Stirling last week. Is Has Yogi still got work to do there? The problem with Inverness is that you just never know what you're going to get with them. They're, they're a club that you would never take on a football pool's coupon. They can be terrific, they can play well, they can score goals, they can be everything that John Hughes talks them up to be. And then they go to Stirling Albion and they and by John Hughes' own, creditably by his own admission, they're lucky to come away with a replay. So you just never know what you're going to get with them and that will give Kilmarnock hope when they play them. The one thing that can be said in Cali Thistle's favour is they're still in the competition. They have they have the replay on Tuesday night at home to Stirling. Two teams not in the competition anymore. St Johnson beaten by Kilmarnock. Hamilton yeah. hammered by League Two Annan down at Gala Bank and yeah. a real shock of the round. They meet at McDermott Park on Saturday. Who who needs the points more this Saturday to try and kick on again? Well, here we have two teams going through a dreadful slump. As you said, Hamilton bounced out of the cup by Annan without a win in six games. St Johnston without any goals in four games, which is very unusual for a team who are as sparkling offensively as they are. So we have two two teams in poor form. I think Hamilton possibly needed a slightly more just to stop this slide. They had, a, I mean, in that run they've been on, their only point was the, their draw-up in the local derby against Motherwell when they scored in the last minute. They really need to start picking up points or they are going to get dragged into this playoff position. Is, is this season for Hamilton mirroring last season? Because they started, they had a terrific start yeah. to the season under Alec Neal, yeah. a difficult second half to the season under Martin Canning. A lot of people tipped them to go down, yet they started again mm. so well under Martin Canning. 
and now they're just beginning to fade. What causes a slump like that? I, I, I think there is an element of their, their squad being slightly threadbare. Martin Canning, because of the nature of the club's philosophy, has to always turn to youth. He can't he can't go and get a, a 27, 28-year-old who's been round the block a bit and bring him in to, to, to solve a few problems. So if they're, if they're having a suspensions or injuries he has to turn to a Greg Doherty who's still learning his trade to help him out and that's not always feasible against teams in the in the Premiership in, in terms of St Johnson I saw them lose to Kelly last week and the lack of goals must be concerning Tommy Wright the three he started with up front Stephen McLean Chris Kane Michael O'Halloran all hooked during the second half on went Sutton on went Cummins on went young Craig Thompson do you think he might start some of these guys in Saturday? Well, the thing the thing about about St Johnson is they have no shortage of options in terms of strikers. I'm personally surprised, having seen him a lot at Motherwell, that John Sutton hasn't played more. I can understand with Stevie McLean and Michael Halloran doing so well. You can criticise John Sutton for many things, lack of pace being one of them, but he has a proven record as a goal scorer at this level. And if a, if a team isn't scoring goals, I think and they have John Sutton around, I think they're duty-bound to give him an opportunity. There's a, a real interest from Rangers in O'Halloran. Is that the kind of thing that distracts a player? Clearly one of the best players in the Premiership in the first half of the season. Mm. Form just looks to be shading a wee bit. But I, th- I think you know form is, form is a transitory thing. I mean, it, it won't always remain at the high level that uh, Michael O'Halloran has been shown. As you say, he's been t- he was terrific in the first half of the season. Maybe like some of the rest of the St Johnson players, he's just suffering a bit of a form dip, a little crisis of confidence because he's not scoring. But I'm sure he'll come back because he's uh, he has that, that one thing that, that terrorises the defences and that's pace. The last game in the Premiership card this weekend, Partick Thistle at home to Dundee at Fur Hill. Thistle in good form, the East past St Mirren last yeah. Friday night in the Cup, Dundee, they'll just be glad to get away from Dens because they can't seem to get a game at Dens just now the pitch is in such bad nick. Who, who do you fancy for this one? I fancy Thistle strongly. I think Alan Archibald has done a terrific job at Thistle. They may not be the most attractive team to watch, they certainly won't score a fantastic number of goals, but I think he's done a great job. Five wins in his last seven games, I know they're still in the bottom six, but I, I still think he's, he's a, almost an unheralded success in our division. I think he's done a terrific job. I fancy Thistle, Dundee, I know they won the Derby, which was a big game for them. That was only their second win in 11 games. I mean, they're, they're in a poor run of form. They've lost James McPake. I think they'll struggle at Furhill. Is it at the back you would worry for Dundee? Because you, you touched McPake, he's out long term. It's a Begurin who came in in the summer and was playing well. He's out for a period of time as well. Paul Hartley switched around his full backs. Is it the back four in front? of a very good goalkeeper than Scott Bain. Is that, is that where the problems lie for them? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think it's, it's pretty evident that up front with Kane Hemmings and guys like that, they've got plenty of scope for scoring goals, but they seem to concede an incredible number. Now, I'm not saying James McPake was the, was the answer to all their defensive woes, but he has experience and he, he is an organiser and they'll miss him, I think. Well, though Thistle are playing, do you think Alan Archibald will look to maybe add this month Robbie Muirhead recalled by Dundee United Ryan Stevenson away back to Air United there's speculation Aberdeen will try and land Stuart Bannigan in this window if not in the summer when he's when his contract's up is it an attacking player that Archibald would like most of all in this window I think I think you always all managers at, at uh, in, in what we'll term this or a mid, mid table team always look for an attacking option but 
Chris Doolan has scored goals regularly this season. I sometimes think he gets a bit of a rough ride because he doesn't always start. But he looks to me like a guy that will score goals. So I'm sure that Alan Archibald would like to add a striker, but he will also want to keep his group pretty tight, although it's beginning to get to the stage where an injury and a suspension would give him a problem or two. Looking into the Championship, Rangers at home to Livingston this Saturday, having scored four against Hibs, six against Dumbarton and five against Cowdenbeath. Are they now back in the kind of form they were in in the autumn time? I think you have to, while the Hibs result was a terrific one and an important one, you have to gauge it against the opposition. Dumbarton and Cowdenbeath are where they are in the Championship for a reason. I think this will be perhaps a tougher test. I was at Livingston when Rangers played them in November and they drew 1-1. Livingston played very well against them, very positive, and Rangers, I think, will be aware of that. Now, I'd expect Rangers to win, but especially as Livingston under under new manager David Hopkins have, have lost three in a row, but I think Livingston are a team that could give Rangers problems. Mark Virtual still in charge at Levy in that 1-1 draw. As you say, you spoke to David this week, he's now in charge. He's trying to put his own stamp. Mark Fothering has come in, Sam Stanton's come yeah. in on loan from Hibs. Yeah. He'll know Alloa are now closer to them, courtesy of their win at Wraith Rovers on Tuesday night. Is there anything he picks up at Ibrox? Is that just a bonus, Kenny? It is a bonus, but I also know from speaking to him that he's uh, he's still got plenty of contacts from his his long and distinguished career down south. And he's made a couple of phone calls to them this week to try and get players in on loan to try and bolster Livingston towards the end of the season. He's of a mind with Mark Burchill, his predecessor, that Livingston won't be involved in any kind of relegation issue. And I would tend to go along with that. I think they're a decent side, particularly when they're going forward. As you say, I mean, anything they get from Ibrox this weekend will be a big, big bonus. In terms of January reinforcements, Harry Forrester came off the bench against Cowdenbeath to make his Rangers debut. The two active new lads, it looks increasingly like they'll come in in the summer. Well, Mark Warburton and David Weir be looking to add more this month? I would think so. They certainly seem keen on uh, Dauraga at Brentford, who... Um, from all accounts, from what I've spoken to some friends down there, and they say that he does a terrific job for Brentford, getting up and down the park, a defensive midfielder, not afraid of a tackle. So, and and obviously Mark Warburton brought him into Brentford originally, so um, knows him very well. I can understand them want to strengthen that part of the field because when teams break quickly on Rangers. They can they can get at the central defence very quickly, and if they have someone in there to prevent that happening it'll be easier for them to stay at the top of the league. And, and holding on to 25-goal Martin Waghorn in the face of reporter interest from the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and Reading, is that just as important as bringing in someone like Diagaraga? I think so. Whatever your view of how Waghorn would do at a higher level of football, he has done exactly what he was bought to do, brought to Rangers to do this season. He scored goals, he scored a variety of goals, and he scored a lot of important goals as well, late goals in games that have won Rangers matches. Yeah, so I mean, the last thing Rangers will want would be to be tested with an, with an offer for him. It could be an important weekend for Rangers if, if they can get an Ibrox win against Livingston on the Saturday. It stretches them further away from Falkirk in second, Hibs in third, and of course, they go head-to-head in a televised game at the Falkirk Stadium on Sunday, so something has to give there. Well, this is a big game for Hibs. Theoretically, as we discussed with Celtic and Aberdeen, by Sunday night, Hibs could be six points behind Rangers if they lost at Falkirk. And let's face it, I think they're likely to lose at Falkirk. Falkirk run beaten in 11 games. They're on an incredible run. They've come from uh, from fourth or fifth to be, to be second, as you say. 
a real tough game for Hibs, a big test for Alan Stubbs. P- Peter Houston must be thrilled with the way things are going, not only the form, they managed a, a weekend off last week when the cup tight and D was postponed, so far they've retained the services of, of Danny Rogers and goal, and only today they've added Conor McGrandles back mm-hmm. on loan from Norwich City. Yep. He clearly has real ambitions to keep the Bairns in this championship fight. Oh, definitely. And I think McGrandle's coming back is a real good move. I thought he was a terrific player when he was at Falkirk the first time. And I've been slightly surprised that he hasn't figured under Alec Neal at Norwich. But I think getting him back's a real coup and could be a big, it could be a big arrival. I'm looking forward to a Falkirk-Hibs game. I think it'll be a good, a good match. And I would, if I was to tip one, I would tip Falkirk. Interesting interview with our chief football writer Robert Grieve in today's Scottish Sun speaking to, uh, to Alan Stubbs about mainly about the Hearts game in the Cup but I don't think anyone's under any misapprehension the more important thing for Hibs this season is to win the title as opposed to winning a Cup mm. Oh yeah absolutely I mean the, the Cup game will take care of itself it, it will bring its own brand of drama but Hibs have to stay involved in this title race and this is going to be a testing few weeks for them And in a week when Rangers have put a not for sale sign around Martin Waghorn and Celtic have put a not for sale sign around Tom Rogic Hibs are equally intent on keeping Jason Cummings to the extent they're going to offer him a, a contract extension in pay You can understand why they're doing that and you can only salute them for doing it because uh, Cummings has become a big player for them this season. Again, like Wycorn, a guy that gets them goals in tight games. Clearly a class act. You can understand why there are clubs interested in him, but uh, I would think it would send out the wrong signal if Hibs were to entertain offers for a guy like Cummings. It would send out the wrong signal about their aspirations. And, and by the time this transfer window slams shut, as transfer windows tend to do, Kenny, do you expect Jason Cummings to be partnered by Anthony Stokes? Yes, I do. There is no future for Anthony Stokes at Celtic. If he wants to become a, if he wants to retain his uh, status as a professional footballer, he has to start playing football. That's not going to happen at Celtic. Celtic would prefer him to go down south, where English clubs would p- take up a bigger portion of his wage. Hibs might be reluctant to do that. However, if you're being mischievous, Celtic would argue if he goes to Hibs, he might be able to help them keep Rangers in the championship for another season. Surely that's not what Celtic want, can I, I know that I know that this is an unlikely uh, way of looking at it, but if you're being mischievous, you might think that way. Can't imagine you ever being mischievous, Kenny. Thanks very much indeed. <laughs>